with us. As uh, Nathan mentioned earlier, we've been going through the book of Galatians, and we're going to continue with that today uh, from Galatians 3, 1 through 14, talking about faith. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplied the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, in you shall all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that he might receive the promised spirit through faith. Bless the reading of God's word. Please be seated. Thank you, Vita. At the beginning of this year, we started the preaching series on the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians is called for freedom from the law. The Apostle Paul writes to church of, in Galatia to rebuke them for quickly abandoning the gospel they originally received. Judaizers who taught that good news unnecessary uh, as a way, uh, they were good work, I'm sorry. They said the good works were unnecessary as a way of salvation. They had infiltrated the church and then preaching circum uh, circumcisions and trying to put them back under the yoke of the law. Paul starts out the book of Galatians telling them this is an entirely different gospel. He writes to the church to remind them of grace and that the only means to be justified is by faith in Jesus, not by the law. And this morning, we have come to chapter 3 in the book of Galatians. And we'll focus on the first 14 verses. Chapter 3 starts with a reminder that the Spirit is received by faith. 
not by observing the law. Paul goes on to explain using the example of the faith of Abraham. Then he further explains that everyone trying to live by the law is under a curse. Then Christ became the curse for us so that the same blessing given to Abraham may be given to all who believe in Jesus. Paul emphasizes that the true purpose of the law was to lead us, to lead people to Christ, that we might be justified by faith, showing that if we belong, uh, we belong to Christ, then we also inherit the promise given to Abraham. Let us bow ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. As we look into Galatians chapter 3, the first 14 verses, I pray that your Holy Spirit dwell among us and will help us to understand your word, the meaning behind it, and also apply to our daily lives. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We can never get tired of uh, reading his word. And so let me, at this time, to read again to you the 14 verses of uh, chapter 3. Here we go. O oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith, just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness? Know then, that is, those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Verse 10, for all who reply, uh, for all who rely on, on works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law, and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the Lord is not of faith, rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeem us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. 
Wow, what a way to begin chapter 3. Oh, foolish Galatians. Or in the, the J.B. Philip translation, the same face. Oh, you dear idiots of Galatia. You idiots of Galatia. Paul is really ready to really give it to the Galatians. He's really ready to proclaim the truth that they are not saved by works, but by faith. Talking about telling the truth. We are aware of the coronavirus outbreak in Wuhan. And also earlier, Pastor David prayed also for this. And of course, we're going to continue to pray as well. Not only for China, of course, especially China, but all the people affected, families and individuals affected by the virus in all the countries as well. As of uh, last night or even this morning, the death toll was 1,665. And then also there are 68,500 cases are confirmed. You may also know that there's this young doctor, young 33-year-old Chinese doctor at uh, Wuhan, uh, this, gen uh, this central hospital by the name of Li Wen Liang. He became a folk hero after he was taken in by authorities for telling the truth, warning about the dangers of a deadly new virus now spreading around the world. Dr. Li had captivated the country and triggered an extraordinary outpouring of emotion as he was infected by the virus. In social media posts, many uh, Chinese directed their frustration at government officials who many believes did not respond quickly enough despite clear evidence of the developing epidemic. Dr. Lee was later interrogated by the government officials and hospital management who accused him for spreading rumors and forced him to write a statement criticizing himself. He later told the newspaper about it, and then he died because of the virus two Fridays ago after becoming infected with the coronavirus. Dr. Li Wen Liang tried to save lives by telling the truth. If the government officials believe him early on, perhaps hundreds, if not thousands, of lives might have been saved. Back to the letter to the Galatians. Paul, he's ready also to proclaim the truth that they are not saved by works, but by faith. Paul's concern that the churches, they're abandoning Jesus' grace and turning to a different gospel, a false gospel. Here, Paul was risking, risking his life by warning others about the false gospel and pointing them 
to the true gospel, the gospel they originally received, reminding them that the only means to be justified by faith in Jesus, not by the law. By speaking out about the truth, or the true gospel, countless souls have been saved, and countless souls will be saved. In the first 14 verses of chapter 3, Paul puts forward three arguments to address this key question, how are we saved, by faith or by works? He answered, his answer is that human experience, the example of Abraham, and also the curse of the law, all lead us to the same conclusion, and that is, we are saved by faith. Let's take a look at Paul's first argument, which is uh, taken from uh, verse, verses 1 to 5. He says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by words of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing the faith? Paul is not questioning the Galatians, their intelligence. He is addressing their lack of spiritual discernment. They were not choosing or they were not holding on to the essential doctrine of justification by faith, faith alone, in Christ alone. But instead, instead, they were choosing the Judaizers' teaching that justification is Jesus plus something else. Jesus alone is not enough. You've got to add something else to it, namely circumcision and keeping the law. Paul reminds them of what they knew through his preaching and teaching. They were told very clearly about the death of Jesus on the cross and the significance of his crucifixion. They had been taught that the cross was all about. They had been taught its meaning, redemption, the justification, the reconciliation, the substitutionary atonement, and forgiveness, and that is obtained as a result of the grace of God. They had learned how this cross had brought to an end all the strivings of men for acceptance with God. They knew the message of the cross. They knew the power of the cross. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, 
For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Through the power of the cross, we are able to be transformed into Jesus' image so that the life of Christ can also be uh, manifested in our bodies. You may ask, you may ask, how are the benefits of the cross transferred into our lives? It's a good question. And I'm going to quote from a great Auden from his book, and that's the Discipleship Essentials. He said, it is by faith in Jesus Christ alone that we are declared right before God. God's gift of faith is the recognition of our utter moral bankruptcy and our inability to earn God's favor and that we must receive and rest on Jesus Christ who has done it all. Is a great answer. We thank God. We thank Jesus for that. Back to this morning's passage. Paul then went on and asked the Galatians several questions in verses 2 to 5. Verse 2, let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Paul's first argument is that the Galatians had been justified by faith and received the Spirit by faith. He asked them this, did you receive the Spirit by earning it through good works, or did you receive the Spirit by simply believing the gospel and putting faith in God? In other words, did God give them His Spirit, which is the Spirit, which is his seal, his guarantee, his affirmation that a person is his child because they kept and observed the law or through believing the message about Jesus Christ? Obviously, the answer they must give is by believing the message. The performance of law, the works, had nothing to do with their salvation. Thus, by pushing the church back under the old covenant, the Judaizers were working to get rid of the Spirit. Are they so foolish? Having begun their Christian life through the Spirit, to think that they now try to finish it by the flesh? That is, by their own human effort? In the same way, the Galatian believers had received the Spirit when they believed. Many of them had been the old covenant believers, either faithful Jews or God-feeling Gentiles. But only when they heard the gospel did they receive the Spirit. Paul asked them to recall their experience. Did they enter into the new covenant age by keeping the law or by believing the gospel? Paul continues with his questions, 
verses 3 to 4. Are you so foolish? So foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if needed, if indeed it was in vain? Here, Paul seems to have some knowledge of what the Galatian Christians suffered because their faith in Jesus at the hands of those who oppose the name of Jesus. It is obvious from Paul's experience in Galatia that, uh, that there was violent opposition against Christianity. Paul is greatly surprised that these people who have suffered so much for their faith in Christ and his grace-based salvation should now forsake him for a law-based salvation if they have indeed really done so. Verse 5. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles, miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing the faith? Obviously, God gave them his Spirit and work miracles among them because they believed the message. God had worked miracles among them. They have seen the power of God. Prayers have been answered. Lives have been changed. Bad, bad relationships ended. Marriages saved. Families restored. Sins forgiven. On and on. And all this by the grace of God at work through the Spirit of God who came to them as a result of their faith in Jesus. Will they give this up and deny it all? That's the choice they were making. Paul's point in these opening verses is to remind them of all the wonderful things God had done for them in their conversion and in the days since then. All this had come by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Had they forgotten all this? They were saved by faith, faith in Jesus, and they now lived by the power of the Spirit. How could going back to the law possibly improve their position? Now let's look at Paul's second argument, and which is from um, verses 6 to 9, the faith of Abraham. Here's 6 to 9. Just as Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, know then that, is, uh, know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For this second argument, Paul uses example of the faith of Abraham. I think this is brilliant. This is brilliant. Why is it brilliant? Because the Judaizer, they would have considered 
Abraham, the father of the Jewish people. Of course, they need to pay attention to him. Paul points out in verse 6 is that Abraham was saved by faith when he believed God and his faith was counted as righteousness. And actually this happened back in the book of Genesis chapter 15. And you can look it up when you go home. Then in the, the verses 7 to 9, uh, Paul affirmed the following. He said, he confirmed that all who believe are children of Abraham. And this includes Gentiles who believe. Paul also affirms justification is by faith. This inclusion of the Gentiles was always God's plan. God told Abraham, in you shall all the nations be blessed. This is stated in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3 as well. And here we also see this promise to Abraham is termed the gospel. The gospel. This promised blessing through Abraham is the same blessing that Abraham received. And that is, those who have placed a faith uh, in Jesus Christ, and they would receive the same blessing as Abraham. Last but not least, Paul's third argument is from the curse. The curse. Verses 10 to 14. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law, and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. For the righteous shall live by faith. But the Lord is not of, of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeem us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that they might receive the promised Spirit through faith. Here, Paul uses strong word to describe the situation of those who try to achieve salvation by keeping the law. They are cursed. That means they were under a divine sentence of death. And verse 10 explains why keeping the law can never save us. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. That is, to be cut off, cut off from God. To try to relate to God by keeping the law means that just like a person, the person must keep 100% of the law to 100% of the law's standards and also 100% of the time. Anything less than perfection is failure. 100% of the law you need to keep. 100% of its standards 
And also you need to keep it 100% of the time. Living by the law is, it is not like, like going to a buffet <laughs> where you can pick and choose. I want this, I like this. It's not like that. You don't just pick and choose the laws you want to obey. Either you keep all the laws all the time, or you will never get to heaven by keeping the law. This thought is also recorded in the book of James, chapter 2, verse 10. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. Let's go back to Galatians 3.11. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. Paul points out the God's way is the way of faith. The righteous shall live by faith. And by faith, we receive promises of the Holy Spirit. How is it, how is it that God can give us salvation on the basis of simple faith in Jesus Christ? The answer is verse 13. Verse 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. This is one of the key passages teaching Christ's death as substitutionary atonement. Paul has just explained the curse of the law and the impossibility of anyone to be saved by works or keeping the law. He did this by becoming a curse for us. The significance, you know, significance of the for us is substitutionary. It is in our place. It is on our behalf. It is instead of us. When Christ died, he took upon himself the curse intended for us. He took the pain and the shame. He drank the cup of God's wrath. He stood, he stood in our place and suffered for our sin. And he paid a debt he did not owe. So dear friends, brothers and sisters, the curse of the law was upon us, yet... Jesus took that curse and bore its consequences. He redeemed us from this curse of the law. We thank our Lord Jesus Christ. This morning, we thank God for Paul's three arguments against, against the Jews who claim to be believers in Christ from Jerusalem. They were saying to the churches in Galatia, Paul is not 
a true apostle. He's not a true apostle. He's not telling the truth. You can't be saved unless you are circumcised, unless you maintain the ceremonies of Moses and the ancestral uh, traditions. You have to keep the law. Yes, we believe in grace. Yes, we believe in faith. But also, the law, salvation is by both. We thank God we're using Paul to speak the truth and keep the true gospel so that we can still have it today. Likewise, we must keep this true gospel before our eyes of those whom we teach and serve so that they will avoid what, what Paul feared for the Galatians. May God help us to desire a deeper acquaintance with the true gospel so that we can recognize and reject the preaching of another Jesus. We can reject a different gospel. To conclude this morning's message, let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Here it reads, For the grace you have been saved through faith, and this, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. God's word clearly tells us that we are saved by grace through faith in Christ Jesus and not by our own might, our own effort, or our own works. Here Paul reminds us the works of the law never saved us. And we are saved by God's grace shown in the gospel that this salvation is obtained through faith. And the salvation is not due to ourselves, but it is God's gift. If you are not Christians, I invite you to think about it seriously. I invite you to receive this gift of salvation from God through trusting our Lord Jesus Christ. God save us not because who we are or what we do, but because of his grace, because the work of our Lord Jesus. If you're already Christians, believers, I encourage you to share the gospel of Jesus Christ that in him, he alone can save, thereby receiving eternal salvation. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you that your spirit caused Paul to put forth the three arguments to understand that we are saved by faith, not by works. Furthermore, we thank you that your word clearly tells us that we are saved by grace through faith in Christ Jesus and not by our own efforts or works. The works of the Lord never save us, that we are saved by your grace shown in the gospel, that this salvation is obtained through the faith 
and the salvation is not due to ourselves, but is your gift for mankind. Father God, we thank you and praise you. Help us to go out and faithfully spread your word, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to our neighbors, to our communities, and to the end of the world. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.